day to be in the house of the Lord, worshiping our risen Savior. Today we're to honor our fallen heroes that's died. We need to remember them, what they've done for us and our country, and thank a veteran if you run into one today and Tell them how you appreciate the sacrifices they have made. Shall we pray? Dear my Father, thank you for this day and your many blessings. Be with the ones that sacrificed today for our country. Be with this church service. Help us raise praises to you and honor you that people will make decisions today and follow in your way, dear Lord. Be with the families in Texas as they are struggling with grief. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you remain standing, please, for our gospel reading? This comes from uh, John chapter 17. And uh, if you've ever wanted to just, if you've ever wondered what it'd be like to just sit in with the disciples and listen to our Savior pray, this morning we're going to listen to him pray and pray for us. Read with me. Our pr my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. 
Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made them known to all, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. John 17, 20 through 26. Amen. You may be seated. They stood side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and answered the call. They moved forward, advancing the ideas that everyone was free, everyone was created equal, everyone has the right to pursue their own dreams, and that our nation was founded on those ideals. But not all of them came back. Some remained, never to go home, never to see their families. And some, we lost this side of the field of battle. They were sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, greatly loved. They charged forward for honor and peace and freedom. We acknowledge the empty space where we want them to be. Together we pay sincere tribute to those who fought for us, those we remember, those we love. Let's just take a moment of silence and remember those.
because we live in a sin-darkened, sin-sick world. We experience horrible things. And this week we have experienced horrible things in not we personally, but in our country and the families in Uvalde, Texas have experienced horrible things. And sin, sin just produces horrible things. And so our hearts go out to them. Um, but in this life, not only, not only do we experience horrible things, we also experience wonderful things. And, and so this morning, I, I want to say uh, thank you to a couple of couples uh, who help us experience some wonderful things. So Russ and Sherry Wilson, uh, thank you for role modeling 40 years um, for us. Um, and uh, Howard and Delena, thank you for modeling 41 years for us uh, today. Um, life does seem to be that blend of of horrible and wonderful and um, unfortunately even in the life of the church we experience the horrible and the wonderful and it may not be horrible the way that people in Corinth were acting but it was certainly not honorable and Paul Paul is all about uh, in these chap in these chapters of First Corinthians eleven uh, th through fourteen, he is about honor. He's about honoring each other in the context of worship. He's about honoring God as we come before Him and as we worship Him. He's honor. He's about honoring the church and and this honor of God and each other and the body is a thread that is sewn through these these chapters and and so last week or this week when we look at, at chapter 11 and begin with verse 17 um, <clears throat> Paul has no praise whatsoever for the Corinthians as they are they are dishonoring the poor they are dishonoring the concept of the church in relationship to how they go about observing what he described as a so-called Lord's Supper. So the idea of a so-called Lord's Supper is when you go through the formalities, but you, don't, but you don't recognize the blood and the body of Jesus in a healthy, honoring way. When you go through the motions of the uh, and the of the formality without w with broken relationships within the body when you go through the formalities with bad attitudes you see paul says it's just a so-called lord's supper 
So I pray that after a while, when we have our Lord's Supper, that it'll not be so called. But it'll be a genuine expression of our worship before God. In verse 31, it's this line. I've pondered this line for a couple of weeks, and it's just, it has just constantly been on my mind, not just relative to a sermon or not just relative to the Lord's Supper, but relative to everything I've been doing. If we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, and then you can then, whatever, you can fill in the, you can fill out the sentence with the then on your own. It's just the principle of, oh, and Paul is calling the church at Corinth, he calls us to be more discerning about ourselves. Now, most of us, are pretty, we're pretty good at being discerning about other people. That's called judgment, by the way. But we're pretty good at that. Unfortunately, and doubly unfortunately, we're not very good about it when it comes to discerning ourselves. So it's a lot easier for us to see the flaws in others than to see our own flaws. We all have blind spots, and they're called blind spots because we don't see them. But if we could just, if we could just somehow learn to be more discerning about ourselves, then, then we, we would be more honoring of God. We'd be more honoring of each other. We would be more honoring of the church. And if, if, if the Corinthians had been a little more discerning regarding themselves, they could have avoided Paul's sharp rebuke. Listen, listen to what he says to them. Verse 17, in the following directives, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt, there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers, and as a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What can I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. This, is a, this was a church full of divisions and, and disunity and dishonor, and it shows up in their so-called observance of the Lord's Supper, and this, this, these divisions dishonor the unity of the church. Paul said in verse 22, Or do you despise the church of God? 
by humiliating those who have nothing. See, the wealthy people in Corinth <laughs> could have their party, while the hungry people in Corinth, all of them in the church, by the way, would go hungry. And they would miss out. And Paul described this, their behavior as humiliating to those who have less than you. He addressed these divisions in the, in the church of Corinth at length in chapters 1 through 4. And he comes back to them now because, because of the impact of disunity in the body of believers, the impact of divisions in the church. Because at this point in his letter, he, he wants to remind them divisions and disunity pollutes worship. And the behavior of the Corinthians not only dishonored the poor, the behavior of the Corinthians dishonored the experience of worship for and, and, and dishonored each other and dishonored the unity of the church. The, the Lord's Supper is designed to be a thing that brings us together. It was was initiated by Jesus as some of the last and most important things he did on this earth prior to his death and resurrection. And when he gathered them together, he, he taught them how the Passover could be lifted to a celebration of praise because of what he was about to do for them. And the, the supper designed to create and foster unity. But in Corinth and in Clinton, because I want you to understand this is not just about centuries ago and a city in a faraway place. This is about you and me. And it's, but it's a whole lot easier to say Corinthians than it is to say Clintonians. But it is about us. There's no place can be allowed for cliques and social discrimination or even self-indulgence. You see, we are in this together. And when we come to, the, to observe the Lord's Supper, it's a reminder. We are in this together because of what Jesus has done for us. If, if the Corinthians had been a little more discerning regarding themselves, they could have avoided Paul's scolding reminder. Paul, this, this, what he, 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 this is a scolding reminder for them. Verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus on the night, he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
and they were perverting the observance of the supper. Paul, Paul says, I received it. I gave it to you, passed it on to you. How can you mess this up? How can you mess this up? You mess this up with bad attitudes and bad relationships within the, within the body. And this is, this, this is where they were. And Paul offers, offers this scolding to them to remind them that to partake in the elements is to participate in the self-surrender of Jesus to God. And as Jesus gives his life on the cross, he gives it for you and for me. And, and we become participants in his story because he brings forgiveness and life to us. When we eat the bread, we commit to fellowship with Jesus and his other disciples, ingesting the symbol of the body, surrendered for us, connects us to Jesus, and it connects us to each other as we are, as we are the body of Christ. You see, there's more to this than a piece of bread and a cup of juice, if you're Baptist. When we drink the cup, we commit to the new covenant, swallowing the symbol of the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for us, connects us to Jesus, and it connects us to each other in his redemptive message and his redemptive mission. We read, we, we often, and, I, and I've done this often, and it happens because it's convenient. Um, we read this, these verses out of their context, and we read them as a formula for the observance of the Lord's Supper, and when we, when we do that, we miss, we miss their call for self-surrender to Jesus and to the honoring of his other disciples. See, Paul wasn't giving them a formula. He was scolding them. I received, what I received from Jesus, I passed on to you and you have messed it up. You've messed it up. If, if the Corinthians were more discerning regarding themselves, or, or better yet, if we, if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we will receive Paul's stern warning. He said, So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment 
on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if you were more discerning with regard, if we were more discerning regarding to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being dis disciplined so that we will, be, will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who's hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet, it is not to result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further instructions. Paul wanted them to understand what I'm writing to you right now is not the last thing I have to say to you about this. If we were more discerning of ourselves, you see, we would take a look at this, at Paul's statement in an unworthy manner. In an unworthy manner is related to its immediate context of dishonoring the less fortunate members of the church, but it's also, it's also part of Paul's broader appeal to the Corinthians to flee idolatry. He said in chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body, for we share in one loaf. An unworthy manner has to do with as much with our attitude in worship and our relationships with each other and the other followers of Jesus as it has actually more to do with our attitude and our relationships than it does, than it does the formalities of what we do. You see, to take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner is to, to have taken it without discerning ourselves, without taking an honest, open look at who we are. For in verse 29, Paul, said, Paul wrote, for those who eat and drink without discerning the body, eat and drink judgment on themselves. This discerning is not a quick self-check before we receive the elements. This is, this is, as we say in Celebrate Recovery, this is, a, this is a searching and fearless moral inventory. So this morning, we are challenged to make a searching and fearless moral inventory before Christ as we come in a in a little while to take these elements. If we, if we were more discerning of ourselves, we would come 
to the table, so to speak, with the prayer of David on our lips. Psalm 139, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If we were more discerning of ourselves. And then singing. We're going to sing or the elements. Jesus gathered in the upper room with his disciples, and they were all reclining around a table. And while they were eating, Jesus, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take it, this is my body. The forest is going to come and lead us as we give our prayer of thanksgiving Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for the opportunities that you bring to us. Father, we just are reminded at this time of the sacrifice that you made for us and that in obedience to you that we should do this periodically to remind ourselves of the price that you paid for us. That's a sacrifice you made. So we just ask your blessings on this service. In your name I ask it. So when we... When we eat this bread, having discerned ourselves, we honor, we honor the Lord, we honor each other, and we honor his church. Let us honor him together. Then he took the cup, and then when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood, the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom. 
And so every time that we do this, we remember him. So let us give thanks for the cup. And Galen's going to lead us as we give thanks. Father, we just we thank you, Father, not only that you were beaten and nailed on a cross, but, but Father, that um, your blood was shed so that we could have redemption, so that we could be forgiven. Uh, Father, you have paid the price completely for us. There's no way we could pay that price ourselves. Father, we love you, and we just are here to seek ourselves and seek forgiveness in all the areas of our life that we fall short, which is in many, many areas of our own lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. When we share together this cup, we take a backward look to the cross and the shedding of Jesus' blood. Take an inward look at ourselves. We take a forward look to the promise of his return. And we honor him. And we honor each other. And we honor his church as we share the cup together.
Our psalm reading this morning is Psalm 97. Let's praise the Lord together. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all people see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. Psalm 97. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was the, the pastor of Westminster Chapel in, in um, England from 1943 to 1968, once described a Christian as a person who is amazed at the fact that he is forgiven and does not take it for granted. So there are two things in this for us this morning. Are you forgiven? If you've never received God's forgiveness through your confession of faith in him, then we're going to invite you in just a moment to come and share with us your desire to receive God's forgiveness as you give him the control of your life. The other, the other side of this is, followers of Jesus, are you taking your forgiveness for granted? So this is a time for us, if we would only be more discerning of ourselves, to let his spirit speak into us renewal and, and re regeneration and, 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 and recommitment today. If you're looking for a church home, we welcome you. Uh, we exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us. So as we sing this song, if you need to receive the forgiveness of God through Jesus' shed blood, death, resurrection, then come and let us share with you this morning. If you, need, if, you, if you would join with us, come and join with us. If you join us online this morning, just go to our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, and click the I Want Jesus in My Life button. Or you may text or call me at my personal number. It's on the screen. 
So while we sing, we ask you this morning to respond as the Spirit of God is at work in you.
Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. Amen. Well, I'm very excited. We, we have a team um, who will be leaving later this week for Southeast Asia. And here's this, this group that you see their pictures on the screen. They're all 20-somethings, you know? So I just I want to give a shout-out to this group of young adults who are committing a month, a month, to Southeast Asia. And I, so I want us to pray over them and, and commissioning them. I'm not, they may not, any of, any of you here this morning? They're all going to be here in the second service, I think, but I'm uh, just checking to see. But the, they've, they've raised most all the money themselves. You know, they, this, is, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, not to stand in this room and sing these songs, but to go. And so as we commission them this morning, we are all commissioned because God's people are never dismissed. We are sent. We are sent this week into this community and beyond to make him known, to make disciples, to honor him by honoring each other. So let's, let's pray for this team. Father, this morning we want to just ask your blessing upon this team. We're so grateful for the way you have worked to pull the group together and provide for their need and for, uh, for the trip um, in so many details. And we just ask you now, Lord, to bless them and use them um, in, in significant ways so that people in, in the area where they will be working will come to faith in Jesus and declare their faith in Jesus through believer's baptism. And Father, I pray for all of us in this room this week as we go out into this community that we will go to make disciples, that we will love each other and we will love others as we love ourselves. And in our love for one another and for the strangers around us, we will honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.